Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey, especially for women who are rebuilding their lives after abuse. I welcome you on the first podcast of 2023. In some ways, as I think back to the calendar turning to 2020, I am in absolute astonishment that we are here three years later. In some ways, it feels like we blinked and whoa, here we are. In other ways, we have lived a lifetime, most of us, in the last three years. And passing of time is just so, it's just so hard to comprehend and explain at times. So you're here. You did it. You made it. For many of us, the fact that we are still breathing and we are moving towards healing and freedom, it's something that we need to celebrate. It's something that we need to just take a moment and find gratitude and find goodness glimmers in the midst of because if you're listening to this, chances are very high that you have endured some really difficult things in the last three years and many, many years prior to that. Um, I believe that the worldwide um, events and calamity and things, um, it brought out, I believe, the best and the worst in a lot of people. And for those of us who are in the survivor community, unfortunately, it was the worst. Um, On the flip side, though, a lot of churches have been exposed for evil and a lot of organizations have been exposed like the me too movement that gave way to the church Too movement that gave way to the pandemic that all the isolation people being under the same roof with their abuser and these very um concentrated isolated situations people stepped away from church because of restrictions during the pandemic but then a lot of people did all this evaluation of wow do I even miss that was that really even something that was breathing life into me or was it sucking me dry was it another place that I was being harmed that was the good I think that came out of the last couple of years and some churches will close their doors for good and if they are corrupt and if they are abusive I say close them lock lock the door throw away the key other churches are perhaps evaluating and looking at some of the things that are going on inside their house and if they really truly are focused on Jesus and focused on helping others and loving Christ then there are now resources that have just flooded our news feeds there are people speaking out against abuse in churches in homes in businesses and organizations there are resources We are without excuse if we want to grow, if we want to learn, if we want to heal, if we want to move towards freedom, there's help there. And let me just say a little side note. Um, Just because someone writes a really good book does not mean they themselves are safe. So I am not going to drop names right now. But if you're a part of the Held and Healed community, I will be sharing a post um, soon. Um, just to give some names that have come to my attention um, as being unsafe. So uh, I want desperately to connect people with resources that are provided by people who are trauma-informed, abuse-informed, and they themselves are people of good character. And 
I really struggle to promote a resource that is good if I find out that the character and the fruit of the author is rotten. It's just hard. So I think what I'm going to do in our group is just share those resources with that warning, with that caveat. This resource may help you and may be validating. However, the author himself or herself is not necessarily a good person. And um, it really, it grieves me to find out that a resource that I've been promoting was written by someone who is not a good person. So um, just always bear in mind and keep, you know, keep this at the forefront. You are the adult. You have agency. You have discernment. You have your gut instincts, which so many of us were told, especially in churches for so long, not to trust our gut, blah, blah, blah. But the gut is so often linked with our experiences and the wisdom that comes from our experiences It is often linked with discernment. If we have been through something in the past, we're going to be more discerning and be able to recognize that. Um, I say that I have NARCDAR, so it's very, very easy for me to, not always, I'm not going to say I'm always able to do this, but in many situations, I'm able to pick up if someone is narcissistic very quickly, like very quickly. Because I grew up in a system that was narcissistic and everywhere that I was, home, church, school, um, there were narcissists around. And, you know, before you want to judge me for using that word, I feel very strongly that those of us who have endured living with narcissists for decades, we, (laughs) I don't know how to say this in a way that we have experience. <laughs> we are in in many ways we are more of an expert on that type of person than someone who just has a bunch of letters behind their name who just studied a book, okay? So there are a lot of people that will jump my case for saying so and so is narcissistic. And people are like, well, only a tiny, minute, like one or 2% of the population have been diagnosed. And I'm like, there you have it. Just because someone hasn't been diagnosed does not mean they're not. Okay, that is just, that is not, that doesn't even make sense. First of all, most narcissists will never go to counseling. They just won't. Secondly, most counselors, therapists are not trained to see through the bull crap. So they will never get that diagnosis. So someone saying that, only one or two percent of the of the population is a narcissist, but so many of you say your your ex is. You know, uh, it's not. It's just not good data, <laughs> because very few will a ever go, and very even fewer will even get diagnosed or get treatment or get help. So, just because people haven't been diagnosed does not mean that they aren't. Can people be narcissistic without being full blown NPD, narcissistic personality disorder? Of course, we all have the ability. And it's actually somewhat of a survival, um, survival skill to be a bit, you know, narcissistic, to look out for ourselves, to defend ourselves. Like some of us had to adapt some of those traits just to survive what we were in the midst of to the point that we were like, hey, am I the narcissist? And one of the first signs is usually if you're asking, you probably aren't. If you're concerned that you are, you probably aren't. If you care and you have empathy 
that's a pretty big sign that you are not. So anybody that's out there who has been told that by the narcissist in their lives, um, flip the script. You're probably being gaslit by a narcissist. So anyway, what? where was I going? I have no notes. I'm just speaking off the cuff right now. And I don't even know what I was saying prior to that. Here we are. We survived what we survived. We are experts in our own life experience. We are experts in our own story. And um, don't let other people, don't let other people tell you what you have or have not listened to. It's just, it's just more people gaslighting you. Um, do I think we have to be careful about throwing out diagnoses? Yes, of course we do. But maybe just using the term narcissistic and saying they are a narcissist, if that makes you feel more comfortable, fine. Um, but people who have not endured this, people who have not been surrounded by this in many facets of their lives, it's really easy to just come down hard and say, you can't use that word. Um, I remember sharing with someone that I thought was safe. And this person actually was a part of my life growing up and saw the system that I was a part of and spoke out pretty regularly on the mistreatment that I experienced and the excess of responsibility that I had as a child. Of course, never reported anything to CPS, which probably would have been helpful. Um, But this person, I was, you know, opening up and sharing And all of a sudden, this person said, Heather, you've used that word narcissist several times. And I just can't believe that all these people are this way. You just keep using that word. And I just, I just shut down. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to explain, rationalize, defend my life and what I've endured to someone who truly does not want to understand it. And a lot of times people just don't want to look at the reality of their own life and their own experiences. And if they acknowledge that reality for us, then they may have to start taking inventory of things that they've endured and people that have harmed them. And so this person, I don't think was at a place where they were willing. So I have started out this year very, um, just in intentional about softness and intentional about gentleness intentional about um, safety and beauty and I discovered the scribed I believe it's just an app that my dear friend um, introduced me to and what I did is I chose audiobooks on scribed that I already had in paperback form because I have this growing stack of books that I want to read but when you have experienced trauma when you have experienced chronic illness that affects your your brain which a lot of diseases do that it is very hard to focus and read so I was always an avid reader when it came to fiction I could gobble up and when I was a child I could gobble up boxcar children and Nancy Drew and all the series, and then if, as a young adult, I got into like all the Christian fiction, which just gags me now because none of it's trauma informed, none of it is abuse informed, it's all toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing. I shouldn't say all, but most of it is gag, gag, gag. I'm embarrassed, I'm super embarrassed, but it was an escape, it was a way that I could just go and be a part of somebody else's life. Um, you think about was it Jeanette Oak that wrote all the, the Amish the series, I think. And now that I know what I know about those communities, I'm like, oh, 
boy, she missed the mark. <laughs> yeah, it's not romantic and it's not beautiful and it's not pretty. Um, there's a lot of things that go on in those communities that is absolutely horrific. But I gobbled up Christian fiction. Um, but sitting down to read a book that was nonfiction, sitting down to read a book about theology or about uh, mental health or things like that, I would get maybe 30 pages in and just like, Ugh, I can't do this, especially since getting sick. But I have found, and I'm just throwing this out there as a possibility for others who are dealing with just healing of the brain. I have found that if I have the hard copy in my hands and I have the pages in front of me to read with my eyes and I'm listening with my ears, that I am more likely to A, get through the book and B, retain what I'm reading. So I started out this brand new year, 2023, with three books. And um, I got through two entirely last week in addition to a very long novel that I listened to. I think I read either with my eyes and or eyes and ears. I read over a thousand pages last week, which is just not common for me. And I am in the middle of another book this week that I started and I'm continuing to work through. So I'm going to share these three books for you with you because my word for the year is peace. I am carrying over from last year the word peace and I'm focusing a lot on nervous system regulation because that is peace producing. It's calming, it's soothing, it's regulating. And I have only just scratched the very surface of this topic. <clears throat> There's so much out there to be read and to learn. And what I am trying to do is find resources that I believe people who are coming out of trauma and abuse could actually <laughs> comprehend. Not super scientific, not super medical, Um and so I am going to introduce you today to three books. And then I think at some point I will probably do a podcast episode on each one and do a more extensive review. But today I just want to get you the titles, get you the authors, give you kind of an overview of these three resources because I think they're great books to go into the new year. And if you're part of Held and Healed, we're actually doing book studies on two of these through the year. We're just doing a small portion per month and we're going to work through two books in a year. And I think for most survivors to get to the end of the year and say that they had read two books is huge. Absolutely huge. It will make women just feel like, hey, I feel a little bit more normal. I feel a little bit more smart. <laughs> and of course, the content is going to really be ministering to. And what was beautiful about all three of these they're all written by therapists. <clears throat> They're all written by people who have some type of a conservative, religious, evangelical type background, I think. I think. I know two do. I'm not sure about the third. But they all work with the brain, body, mind, the connection of we are one and it's all connected, it's all intertwined, and nervous system regulation. So in many ways, as I read through these all at the same time, portions each day, I couldn't remember what one author said, where one began and one ended, because the message, the heart, the tone was so similar through all three of them. So no matter which of these you pick up, I think you're going to be blessed, you're going to be comforted, and you're going to be spoken to 
by people who have lived life experience. And I find that so much more valuable than people who have just read a bunch of books. (laughs) These women have been through the fire. They understand trauma and abuse and they are wanting to help others heal. I love that. So I'm trying to think of the best way to go about this. Um, The three books are... Do I go by alphabetic order by title or by, um, it doesn't really matter how I do this. <clears throat> okay, so the first book is about grief, but it can be um, physical grief of losing a loved one, but it can be applied to all types of grief. And so I found this book to be extremely applicable for survivors of abuse. It's Okay That You're Not Okay by Megan Devine, D-E-V-I-N-E. Megan in her social media platforms is under our refuge in grief. Did I say that right? Refuge. No, just refuge. Refuge in grief is Megan's social media platform. So on Facebook and on Instagram, if you follow refuge in grief, that is Megan. Her book is called it's okay that you're not okay. Try softer by Andy Kolber. Powerful, powerful book. It's been mentioned in my podcast episode with Lauren and Luke Smallcomb, they're the ones who introduced me to her. Amazing. The Lord is My Courage by K.J. Ramsey. Oh my goodness. Y'all are going to be blessed. So whatever format you like as far as having it, do you want to have it in your hands? Do you want to have it on a Kindle or um, you know, a device? Or do you want to have it on audio? Um, two of these are available inscribed and one I had to get the audio book. Um, I think the audio book is, it's okay. Um, from audible, sorry. It's okay that you're not okay. I don't think that that was on, um, scribed. It could be wrong, but the Lord is my courage and try softer were both offered as, um, audios on scribed. So scribed is a monthly fee. You can listen or read unlimited, but you don't get to keep what you read like you do with an audio book. So, just figure out what is what works for you. There are free services through local libraries. I'm having a time trying to find one in my area. And then a lot of times, even with the audiobooks, there's a hold. Um, so if you want to just read it and you don't want to wait, yeah, just think about the cost of eating out fast food or a coffee or two and you can get the book. Like most of us not everyone, but most of us can make that that provision. So I'm going to start with just a very brief overview of it's okay that you're not okay. Meeting grief and loss in a culture that doesn't understand. Now, um, I wanted to read this book myself before I started gifting it to others. There are quite a few people in my life who have experienced incredible loss this year, last year. Um, losing Loss of a loved one. Um, several losing... Um, young adult children, which is just beyond, beyond, yeah, comprehension. And um, another friend um, who lost their spouse um, to cancer, young, just too young, too young. Um, Others who have had multiple layers of loss, so um, lost a spouse and then lost another family member, and then had a very close friend come back into their life and lost that person. So when you have all these layers of grief and you can't really recover from one loss before the next one is happening, 
Um, so I wanted to be responsible and I wanted to read this book and make sure that it was trauma informed before I started giving it to my loved ones. I did not want, um, a step-by-step or a self-help or a book that said, you know, it's time to move on because that is horrible. That is cruel. It's uninformed and it causes so much harm. So I was very grateful. So I'm just going to read the back to you, the, um, the cover. With It's Okay That You're Not Okay, Megan Devine offers a profound new approach to both the experience of grief and the way we help others who have endured tragedy. Having experienced grief from both sides, as both a therapist and as a woman who witnessed the accidental drowning of her beloved partner, Megan writes with deep insight about the unspoken truths of loss, love, and healing. She debunks the culturally prescribed goal of returning to a normal, happy life, replacing it with a far healthier middle path, one that invites us to build a life alongside grief rather than seeking to overcome it. Through stories, research, life tips, and creative and mindfulness-based practices, she offers a unique guide through an experience we must all face in our personal lives, in the lives of those we love, and in the wider world. It's Okay That You're Not Okay is a book for grieving people, those who love them, and all those seeking to love themselves and each other better. Perfect. That's a great description. So maybe someone you love has experienced grief and you just do not know how to help them. And this is kind of, she shares just heart-wrenching examples of things that people said to her. Huh, I can't even wrap my mind around it sometimes. So there's different sections. And you can just kind of bop around. We know that when you are coming through excruciating loss, that the likelihood of you sitting down to read a 240-page book is not great. But you can look through the chapters and see which ones are like here and now. Um, <clears throat> part one is this is all just crazy, just as crazy as you think it is. Chapter one, the reality of loss. <coughs> Sorry, here we go. <laughs> Then the second half of the sentence, why words of comfort feel so bad. It's not you, it's us. Our models of grief are broken. Chapter four, emotional illiteracy and the culture of blame. Five, the new model of grief. Six, living in the reality of loss. Seven, you can't solve grief, but you don't have to suffer. So she distinguishes between grieving and suffering. Very, very helpful information. Chapter eight, how and why to stay alive. So if you're in that place of loss and you just don't even think you want to keep going, she she challenges you to stay alive. Chapter nine, what happened to my mind dealing with grief's physical side effects. Very real. Ten, grief and anxiety calming your mind when logic doesn't work. <coughs> Eleven, what does art have to do with anything? And she just helps you to think of things that may or may not work for you to help you have an outlet for your grief. Um, What works for one person may not work for another. 12, find your own image of recovery. Then part two is, sorry, sorry, that was all part two, what to do in the grief. Part three is when friends and family don't know what to do. So you could, in essence, give this to a family member and be like, hey, There's some stuff in part three of this book that would really be helpful. Should you educate or ignore them? Chapter 14, rallying your support team, helping them help you. Good stuff. 
Then part four is the way forward, the tribe of after, companionship, true hope, and the way forward. Chapter 16, love is the only thing that lasts. And then the appendix is how to help a grieving friend. So this is an excellent resource. That's all I'm going to say about that one for today. Like I said, I will probably do a full episode at some point on this book, but I do recommend it as a healing resource. All right, next up, The Lord is My Courage by K.J. Ramsey, stepping through the shadows of fear toward the voice of love. If you do not know K.J.'s story, she has experienced immense amounts of trauma in her life, and she has gone through spiritual abuse and began dealing with extreme chronic illness in college so she understands those of us who have bodies who she says that our bodies are not bullies I forget the exact quote but she says they're biographers and I love that like our bodies tell the story of what we've been through so um let me read from the back this is walking through psalm 23 courage is a practice walking through psalm 23 phase phrase by phrase therapist again and author kj ramsey explores the landscape of our fear trauma and faith when she stepped into her own wilderness of spiritual abuse and religious trauma kj discovered that courage is not the absence of anxiety but the patience of trusting we will be held and loved no matter what how can we cultivate courage when fear overshadows our lives how do we hear the voice of love when hate and harm shout loud braiding Contemplative storytelling, theological reflection, and practical neuroscience, Ramsey offers an honest path to hearing the Good Shepherd's voice calling for you right where you are. So this book is one that we are going through. Um, We're doing three chapters a month, so about 30 pages. Is that right? That doesn't seem quite right. The whole book is almost 300 pages. Excuse me. So we're going through this three chapters at a time in Held and Healed. And then once a month, I pop on and do a live and just kind of give my commentary of those three chapters. So um, depending on where you are in your ability to retain and comprehend those lives, a couple of women have already said the first one that I did just helped them to understand things that they just didn't understand when they just read it with their eyes. Like, her brains are broken after trauma. They just are. It's not, it's not something to be ashamed of or embarrassed of. It is just the reality like trauma injures the brain. And as our brains are healing, sometimes we just look at letters on a page and they don't make any sense to us. But having someone take those same things that we read and speak about it, read a couple quotes, give a couple thoughts. They're like, oh, that's what she meant by that. So you are invited if you are a woman to come into Held and Healed. Um, KJ is a trauma-informed licensed professional counselor and writer whose work offers space to see every part of our souls and stories are sacred. She holds degrees from Covenant College and Denver Seminary and is the author of This Too Shall Last, which I'm also reading. She and her husband Ryan live near Denver, Colorado. Connect with her online at kjramsey.com and across social media at kjramseywrites. And I did not read Megan's little bio, um, from the, the previous book. She is a writer, speaker, and advocate for emotional change on a cultural level. <coughs> so sorry. She holds a master's in counseling psychology 
Since the tragic loss of her partner in 2009, she has emerged as a bold new voice in the world of grief support. Her contributions via her site, Refuge and Grief, have helped create sanctuary for those in pain and encouragement for those who want to help. For more, visit refugeingrief.com. All right, and then thirdly, we have the book Try Softer, a fresh approach to move us out of anxiety, stress, and survival mode and into a life of connection and joy by Andy Kolber. I'll read her a little bio here. She's a licensed professional counselor, MALPC, writer and speaker living in Castle Rock, Colorado. What's with Colorado? Some of my absolute favorite therapists are there. She specializes in trauma and body-centered therapies and is passionate about the integration of faith and psychology. She has written for relevant CT women and encourage. Visit Andy online at ondikolber.com. And the back of her book says... In a world that tells us, <coughs> I am so sorry, y'all. In a world that tells us to try harder, it's time for something different. It's time to try softer. I just love that phrase, y'all. We can't seem to escape the allure of the try harder gospel, the message that if we just keep going, keep hustling, keep pretending everything is great, we'll find success and happiness. But clinical therapist Andy Colber knows firsthand where this path leads. White knuckling leaves us overworked and overwhelmed, exhausted and numb. There's a better way. In her debut book, Try Softer, Andi shows us through the latest psychology, practical exercises, and her own story, how God specifically designed our bodies and minds to work together to process our lives and overcome obstacles. In Try Softer, you'll learn how to know and set your emotional and relational boundaries. Make sense of the difficult experiences you've had. Move through emotions rather than get stuck by them. And grow in self-compassion and quiet your inner critic. Trying softer is sacred work. And while it won't be perfect or easy, it will be worth it because this is what we were made for. A living, feeling, connected, and beautiful life. And that book we are also going through in Held and Healed. One chapter per month with a live Facebook Live to follow up. So those are the three books that I have started this year. I go ahead of you and I do the research and I check into the resources and to the best of my knowledge, these women are safe. And to the best of my knowledge, they have good fruit in their lives and they are are good souls. And um, I believe that all of them read their books. I think all three of these ladies read their books on their audios, which just makes me feel more connected to them hearing their voices. So maybe Megan, does Megan not read hers? I can't remember for sure, but I I think that um, Andy and KJ do read theirs. So as we move forward into 2023, my prayer for you is that it will be soft, that it will be gentle, that it will be a healing year, that it will be a year of moving towards your freedom and beginning to rebuild your life, body, mind, spirit, finances, um, If you're not familiar yet, I do have a rebuilding finances course. So if you go to heatherelizabeth.org and you go to the top of that website, all the different things that I offer are there and you can just click on that rebuilding finances. I basically just share my own experience of starting over and I'm not a business coach, um, but I, I've learned some things along the way and by working just a few hours a day from home as I am recovering from 
chronic illness, um, I've been able to rebuild my life financially and I want to help other women do that. I want to connect you again with the resources that will help you. So I've recorded, I think, six or seven videos so far in that course. I have interviewed my friend April Shippey with Intentional Money Coaching. I also include an interview that I did with the amazing Deborah Doak, who is a finance, a divorce finance coach. And we're going to be doing more, um, more videos, more interviews, etc. in the new year. You can get in at a very minimal ground level entry type um, cost. And then when the time, when this is over, after I put all the content into it, it's going to be worth way more than that. And so if you want to jump in now, do that and you can catch up on the videos that are already there. And then there will be more coming in the new year. So I love helping women rebuild. Um, I love helping women just see their value and their worth and know that if I could do this, you can do this. I just sat here on the weekend with a dear friend who is very smart, very capable, but when you are just stepping out and it's overwhelming and you have the kids to educate and care for and protect and you have bills, you know, rolling in and you don't have a means it's just like, where do you start? But I told her, I said, I believe that a year from now, when we come back to this place and we talk, you're going to be, you're just not even going to recognize yourself. Like, I've lived this. If anybody can do this, if I can do this, anybody can do this. And I will sit here and cheer you on when you can't see it for yourself just yet. So my prayer is for each of you that you will feel held and healed, that you will feel comforted, that you will be given tools to help regulate those nervous systems And if you have not begun to learn about that, please go back and listen to the podcast where I just did like a 101 on nervous system regulation, where I point you towards resources. Go back and listen to my interview with Luke and Lauren Smallcomb. Listen to my interview with Megan Owen. There are so many amazing people that I get to just interact with on a daily basis, and I'm learning from them every day. And what I do is I take the best of the best content I bring it back to the group, offer it to you, organize it so that you can find it. So my prayer is that you will feel held even as you are being healed in 2023. Blessings.